Yeah, I would definitely recommend connecting with the CTK farm. Um, we've been doing it for a few years, and it's just a lot of fun. And it's hard to beat. Uh, it's hard to beat that blueberry thing. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. It's uh, it's awesome. We pick blueberries uh, for the community, and then for uh, uh, for us for a whole season. So, um, I would definitely recommend um, getting on that. And um, we're so blessed to have you guys here today, and uh, be able to to bless our community. So. Well, hey, we're going to get into our series in Proverbs today, but before we jump in, um, I want to I pray. Lord, we thank you for the work of the CTK farm. Lord, we thank you for calling somebody like Faith um, to help direct it. We thank you for the, all the ways you've provided um, the space and the volunteers and, and the amount of fruit it produces and, and veggies it produces is, is just amazing and it blesses so many people in our community so we thank you for that work God as we uh, turn our attention to Proverbs and this concept of diligence may we also see fruit in our work um, God would you make us a fruitful people God in what we do and help us to help us to understand what you're calling us to today help us to understand um, they see the love in these words today in Jesus name amen so this summer we've been doing a series in the book of Proverbs, which is one of my favorite books of the Bible because um, you can read it in a very short amount of time. And uh, it's, it's a great book where it, it, it's a book about wisdom, and it gives us a grid or a guide in how to, how to live as wise people. Wisdom is a gift from God. Wisdom is a gift that God asks for us to ask him for. It's something that he wants all of us to uh, to grow in. And so this idea of who we want to be is we're looking at wisdom as this pathway towards maturity that God desires for all of us. God desires that all of us grow up as, as wise, and that wisdom is waiting there for us. And so this book is a gift, and, and as we've been looking at this book, we've looked at these divergent pathways of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs breaks down these different paths we can take in life. In the first week, we looked at the paths of wisdom and foolishness, and then the second week, we looked at the paths of righteousness and wickedness. And this week, we're looking at a more specific path in our life, um, the path of diligence and laziness. I, I, I promise I will not hammer lazy people too hard because I'm kind of lazy sometimes, but there's these two paths in Proverbs, the path of diligence and the path of laziness that it speaks to. Diligence is a part of wisdom. There's a turn-of-the-century Bible teacher and evangelist named R.A. Torrey who described diligence this way. He said that diligence is conscientious hard work and perseverance, particularly in regard to a relationship with God. So diligence has to do with the manner in which we work. The, 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 the energy and ferocity in which we serve. Uh, we serve others, we serve at our workplace, we serve our families, and we ultimately serve God. How hard do we pursue God? Diligence is, is a work ethic. Some of us, maybe you were born on a farm, and you just grew up with work ethic. Anybody here born on a farm? All right, we got, we got one. All right, awesome. Way to go, Julie. Thanks for holding. I'm glad you're here today. 
I would have been left hanging. But there is this, this attitude where, you know, farm work is never done. There's always something to do. There, and you get up early and you go to bed late and you, you take care of everything. And I didn't grow up on a farm, so I didn't learn any of that. Um, I had to learn work ethic later in life. Um, but we're going to see in Scripture the kind of people that God wants us to be when it comes to how do we attack life. How do we go after these lives and these callings that God gave us to? And so diligence, according to R.A. Torrey, is, is working not just hard, but thoughtfully. It's working thoughtfully, conscientiously. Am I doing things that are important? Am I spending my time on things that matter? Diligence is working hard. It's, it's going after goals. It's going after the work ahead of us. It's serving others with all of our heart. And diligence is working resiliently. R.A. Torrey talks about perseverance. And I found that out that in every job I've had, there, there hasn't been a job that hasn't had challenges with it, that I've had to press through. There have been times in my work life where I've been like, man, I should just go find another job. You know, I, this is just too much. But every job has hurdles and obstacles that we have to overcome. And in any ministry, any any way you serve, there are going to be obstacles and hurdles that, that call us to perseverance. And so diligence is facing those obstacles that come in our way because we know on this earth, which is imperfect, that no work is perfect. No work is, um, is going to be without challenge. Now, we usually admire when we see diligence in other people. So when I was in college, I worked about 15 to 20 hours a week in like the easiest job I could find, which was campus dining. So I washed dishes, I grilled hamburgers, I made sandwiches, I, uh, I ran the cash register, and sometimes I got to work in the warehouse. And that was, I didn't even interview for that job. It's like, you want to work? Okay, you got it, you're good. And so I did that for four years. At the same time, I had a roommate who decided, his name was Dan, he decided he wasn't going to take out any loans uh, while he was in college. And so he did all of his school in the daytime, and then four days a week, he worked a 10-hour shift at a cabinet shop. So he'd go 4 p.m. to 2 a.m., he was building cabinets, and then he'd be up at 7 a.m. in the classroom. And I, I looked at that, man, that's really noble, but that's not for me. I, I can't do that. Um, I wanted a, a social life, but at the same time, I really admired that about Dan, that, that Dan was willing to work hard so that he didn't have to pay his loans, because guess who's still paying off those loans? <laughs> yes, it's true. So not Dan. Dan is not paying off those loans. But as we've been in the book of Proverbs, we, we've seen these paths, and, and Proverbs present these paths of diligence and laziness. And so as we start our time today, we usually read through a block of scripture, and today we're just going to start with one verse, and it's this. It's Proverbs 13, 4, and this is in the ESV translation. It says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. This is the word of the Lord. Right on. Good job, guys. Um, 
Proverbs encourages us to live diligent lives. This verse lays out there's there's two different things going on. There's two different paths we can take. And Proverbs doesn't say this to shame us, but to warn us, don't fall into the trap of laziness. It uses the term sluggard. In other places, places it uses the term sloth. So slugs and sloths are not very fast. Slugs and sloths are not very fast. I, although sloths are cute, right? I, I like sloths. Um, they're cute. You know, when, 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 when they come on TV sometimes, National Geographic, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute. I'll watch this, you know, because they're, they they're super cute, but they're super slow. If you put a sloth on the ground, they only travel about nine feet a minute. Nine feet a minute. So to put that in perspective, it would take them nine and a half hours to crawl one mile. Nine and a half hours. You, uh, many of us could run a minute or, or a mile in six minutes, or we could walk it in ten minutes. So imagine that. We, you know, nine and a half hours versus six to ten minutes. So what Proverbs is saying is we are not designed to move like sloths. We actually can move faster than that. We've been designed for movement. And so Proverbs is saying that the human that acts like a sloth, it craves and it gets nothing. It might have these appetites, but it's unwilling to, to work towards goals, to accomplish, uh, to, to, to reach those things. It might be hungry, but unwilling to work. Uh, maybe it's wanting a spouse, but being unwilling to accept the responsibility. It might be wanting business success or, or travel or a nice home but not being willing to work towards achieving those goals. And when it comes to our relationship with God, you may desire deep connection with God, deep experience with God, but yet it's hard every morning to pray. It's hard every morning to read God's word or take risks like sharing your faith when the opportunity presents itself. And so Proverbs is saying this, when we fail to apply ourselves to meaningful work, we end up lacking. We end up not getting what we want. I had other friends, like if, if diligence is on a spectrum, I had friends up here, and then I had friends here. Like I had, I had other friends who, who didn't have furniture in their house. They had two camping chairs and two TVs. It pl probably played about 16 hours of video games a day. When I walked in the house, there were about 10 pizza boxes stacked on their kitchen sink, all like Little Caesars, hot and ready's, like ready to go, ready to grab. And I love these guys, and I hung out with them, and they're, like, I, I, I love them. But, but at the same time, it took them twice as long to finish college, right? I mean, they were so um, just kind of doing what, what they wanted to do. And I know that story isn't unique. I know that might be challenging. But we live in a place where it's easy to surround ourselves with the, with the comforts that, that we want. Now, am I saying that God loves the diligent more than he loves the sloth? No. Like, God loves us all equally. You'll never know the depth of God's love for you. God is, is wanting to share with you the, the, the best way to live, the, the, right, the, the right way to live. And so this is what that message is about. And I'm also aware this morning that, that if you're in a place where, where you, you physically can't work, or if, if you have a condition that keeps you from doing the things you want to do, God is with you. 
And God is working through that. This is not a message of, oh, just, you know, buck up and work harder. This is not that kind of message. God sees you, and God actually works through our weaknesses, our limitations, the things that we're struggling with. It's God's power is made perfect in those things. So if there's a condition or if there's something that is keeping you from that, this is, this is not a message saying buck up and, and get back to work. This is a message saying that God is going to work through that situation. But what I'm talking about is being given opportunity and, and choosing, choosing to waste it, choosing intentional laziness, wasting time. And is it ever okay to be lazy? Well, the Bible never explicitly says that. There's not a verse in there that says, yeah, you can, you can be lazy. Um, but what the Bible does call us to is meaningful rest called Sabbath. It calls us to Sabbath where we, we take a day and we cease striving. We stop trying to make everything happen, stop trying to work, and we just rest. And we just exist in the presence of God. And for some of us, the challenge might not be to work harder. It might be to rest harder. It might be to take that day. Um, he didn't give us every day to, to rest, um, but he gave us a day to rest. He gave us the Sabbath. Because if, if we don't have this balance where we work and rest, we miss out on the fruitful and purposeful life that God wants to give us. And like I said before, diligence is not something that came natural to me. I didn't grow up on a farm. Uh, I had to learn it. I had to be put into difficult situations, the work situations, and just, oh, okay, like this is, this is how we move. This is how we, how we go. This is, this, that's the, 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 it had to up my pace. And in my spiritual life, I had to learn, yes, I want a deep connection with God. I want to experience God in powerful ways. But in order to do that, I need to be in the Word. And I need to be sharing life with other people and talking about God with other people and confessing my sin and praying and being open. And that is how I'm going to experience more of God in my life. Meaningful work is a good thing. And, and this is not just an Old Testament thing. Paul talks about, warns against idleness, being idle, not, not working, not, not um, contributing. He says this in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.14. He says, And we urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with them all. So he's addressing the faint-hearted and the weak. To, to, lift them, to lift them up. Like if you're struggling, Paul's calling the church to encourage. Like if you feel like you're at, you're at the end of it and you're stuck and, you, and you're tired, like what, what does Paul say? Encourage. Encourage the faint-hearted. Don't, don't squash the faint-hearted. Encourage the faint-hearted. Those who are weak, whether that's physically, spiritually, whatever, we are supposed to help. Our orientation is to be, okay, how can I help you? Um, what, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? But his instruction to the idol is to admonish. Admonish is a fun word. Uh, we don't use it a whole lot. Um, but it basically means to warn. Like, hey, don't waste your life. Don't waste your time. Like, get on the things that, that God wants you to be about. Find meaning in the work that God has for you to do. Believe it or not, work was God's idea. It wasn't a curse of sin that made us work. 
but work was cursed when we sinned. Um, God said, Adam, now you got to deal with thorns and thistles. Now, now you got to work harder after our sin, but work was meant to be a joy. In its purest form, um, before sin entered the world, Adam was there to enjoy his work, to work the garden, to name the animals, to, to be a steward of the resources that God had made. And it, he, was, he was supposed to find joy in that. And so this is, this, is the, uh, this is a core truth for us today, is that God created us as humans to find fulfillment in meaningful work, to find work that is meaningful, that, that, that matters. And really, all work matters. All work matters. There, I mean, obviously there are exceptions, right? Like, uh, I'm not saying to get into a life of crime, right? I'm not saying that. But all work matters. You're, you're contributing to the greater good of, of a city, a community, um, or of our world. And God has purpose in the work that you do. And it doesn't mean that work is everything. Work is not supposed to be your life, but it's something. It's an important part of what it means to be human. And if you're at home with kids, I have not forgotten you. That is work, okay? That is a lot of work. I'd rather be working a day job than, like, taking care of little kids all day. So moms, can we just give it up for the moms in here that are working not just eight hours a day, but 24 hours a day? That is meaningful work. You are, you are raising the next generation, moms and dads. So it's supposed to be part of our lives. It's not something that we should despise, but it's something that we should hope to enjoy. And we find the value of work right there in the Ten Commandments. Right there in Exodus 20, we see this command not just to rest, but notice also to work. It's in there. We like to focus on the rest part. I get that. But there's also this command that we are, are supposed to work. It says in Exodus 20, verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your live, livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So when we usually read this verse, we focus on the Sabbath, but it also says six days you shall labor and do all your work. Like it's part of it. There's an expectation that you have work to do, work that will bless you, your family, and God. There's an expectation of work. And for many of us, we read this, and we need to focus on rest because we're already overworking. We've lost the joy of our work. We've lost the joy of life because work is, is sucking us dry. And so um, this is your reminder to rest, that there's a rhythm to this thing, that there is a season of work and a season of rest, right? So we need, we need both. But some of us may need to focus on the other part, that no, I need to figure out and find and pursue God and find out the meaningful work he's calling me to do and, and keep pursuing six days you shall labor and do all your work work six days and rest one day how does this fit into the two-day weekend system you might wonder well think of it this way you're still working on your weekend 
right? Because somebody's got to buy the groceries. Somebody's got to, you know, fix stuff around the house. Somebody's got to take care of all the errands. Like, the Bible would still consider that work, like caring for your household. What, What God envisions in Sabbath is one day where you're not busy, where you are just free to chill. To, to rest and be thankful, to find silence, to find solitude, or meaningful friendships that restore you and recharge you. His vision is not you get a day off to tie your entire week together. The vision is you get a day off to be. You got six days to do, and you got one day to be every week. And of course, we have longer seasons of rest, vacations, different things like that. But, but there's one day where we just, we just get to be. And you know what? Those times of being, that's where the thankfulness comes in. It's hard to be thankful when you're stressed out working all the time. You're just, you're just trying to manage. You're just trying to get through. Sometimes we need to step out of that in order to be thankful, to get perspective. Like, God, you've been doing so much. And it's not until we step out and just leave that on the table where we can say thank you to God, right? Where we can be, man, God, I'm just going to rest in how good you've been to me. I'm going to look at the victories of the past instead of worrying about the future. Because we need both. We need to to look and celebrate how far God's taking us and the road behind and not just be like, okay, go, 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 go. I got this road ahead. I got this road ahead. God wants, to, God wants us to reflect and see him in the road behind as well. So I don't know what message you need today, whether you need a message that's like, hey, work hard, or if it's rest hard. Either way, God calls us to both. God created us to be like him. God is a creative and productive God. God created the world in six days. The world. All the natural beauty that you see, all the the universe. God, God, is a, God is our source of creativity and inspiration. And likewise, in six days, we work, we create. To work is to create, right? To create, to produce. God gives us six days to produce. And then God rested on the seventh day, not because he needed to, but to serve as an example for us, that we would just rest and be Because God cares more about who you are than what you do. As I talk about work, you need to know that God cares more about who you are than what you do. And this call to diligence is a call to be faithful with what God's given us. To be faithful with the meaning and purpose that God has given us. Because God has given us each a context to be a blessing. To be a blessing. Tim Keller said this about work. He said, Faithful work requires the will, the emotions, the soul, and the mind as we think out and live out the implications of our beliefs on the canvas of our daily work. Our work, our lives are this canvas, like whatever work God has given you to do, whether you get paid for it or not, whether it's volunteering and serving and and you're in a a ministry, or whether you're working a a nine-to-five, That is a canvas in order for you to live out your faith. That is a web of relationships. That is an opportunity of blessing. That is is an opportunity to serve people, your clients or 
or whoever you are working for, your boss, or your kids, <laughs> right? Or your kids. But work is a canvas where we live out our faith, where, where, we, where, where, where we figure out what our faith looks like in real life. Does my faith make me an honest person instead of trying to protect myself? Does my faith make me kind? Or am I angry, aggressive at work or at home? Um, does my faith change the language I use? Am I using language to bless or to curse? Right? Like, language matters. Like, are we blessing people with our words? Or are we cursing them with our words? God wants us to be a people of blessing. And all good work reflects the glory of God. This is what Paul says in Colossians 3.23. He says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ. In, in what work? Whatever work. Whatever you do. We all have a whatever, okay? You have a whatever you do. I have a whatever you do. Paul says, whatever you do, work, ha work heartily as for the Lord, right? So God's given you a whatever to steward for him, and it all matters, and it all serves the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not, your, your, your Monday through Friday is not disconnected from your Sunday. Your, your work week, how you use your time during the week, it is directly linked if you praise God during the week, you're going to find it really easy to praise God on Sunday. If you praise God in your work, you're going to find it really easy to come here on a Sunday and just lift up your hands and praise God. If you're praising God in your friendships, you're going to find it really easy to praise God here on a Sunday. Sunday is honestly just a reflection of worship throughout the week because ultimately our work is worship. That's what it's saying. If you're doing your work as unto the Lord, you're worshiping God while you work. If you're loving people in kindness, if you're serving, if you're, if you're putting your all into your work, and, and not just like your nine to five, but wor like parenting is work, and, um, and serving, volunteering is work. Like if you, if you are worshiping then, you'll worship now. Sunday is just supposed to be a reflection of what's going on in the week. So God, and the other part of this is God will use your whatever whatever skills you have, whatever work opportunities you've been given, God wants to use it. God wants to use your whatever. So we re need to remember that when we feel stuck, or we feel hopeless, or we feel lost, or we feel stressed, like God is still working through our whatever, our whatever we're doing. And I know that, that work, that parenting, anything that, when work is simply just time and effort, if you want to reduce it down to an um, equation, work is anything that requires time plus effort. That's work. That's all it is. Whatever you're doing, like, when it gets tough, that's when God's working on you the most and through you the most. And sometimes we desperately need to cling to the grace of God because we just want to give up. 
<laughs> in our work. We just we don't want to we don't want to drive in in the morning, or we we can't think of another day of dealing with the things we have to have to deal with. Potty training. But God is even in potty training. God uses those diapers you're changing. God is in the whatever. So. This call to diligence is a call to pursue your work, your ministry, and your family diligently. To pursue God diligently. In order to be a more diligent person, sometimes that means we have to cut things out that don't promote diligence in our lives. And we know what those things are. This thing, after 10 o'clock, does not promote diligence in my life. Right? Um, YouTube doesn't promote diligence. Uh, Netflix doesn't promote diligence. Xbox doesn't promote diligence if used, uh, if used over and over and over again. And so in order to start to live out this calling that God's given us, that means we're going to have to pry ourselves away from some of those things that, that maybe we just kind of lean on when we're tired or mentally exhausted. What God wants, another way to think about this, is God wants you to be present in all the things that he's given you. So if God has given you a job when you're at work, God wants you to be present at work and focused at work and to do a good job. When you're at home, God wants you to be present with your family, right? With your spouse, with your kids, with your grandkids, with your community, with your neighbors, uh, at the CTK farm, you know, wherever, wherever God has called you to, he wants you to be present. And so for some of us, you know, the, the classic way to transition is if you, you know, if you work and commute, and if you're, if you're out and then you come home, a lot of us have been graced with 20 minutes in a vehicle or 30 minutes in a vehicle. Use that time to decompress from being present at work so that you can be present at home. Or if you're always at home, like if you have kids, or if you're always, you need to find chunks of time where you can, you can decompress and transition, right? So I don't have a physical office. I have an office at home. I have an office at Starbucks unofficially. Uh, and I have just any, Blaine is my office, you know? I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, so I have to, like, if I need to be present at work and I'm at home, I have to shut the door, you know. And, or if I, when I leave that door, I need to leave the work there in my office. Like, for me, I need physical spaces. One's for work, and then, and then I'm, I'm present at home. Sometimes I'm, I miss commuting, you know. Actually, I don't miss commuting. Um, I don't miss traffic, but... So the next point is that God calls us to be diligent so that we can be fruitful, so that we can live fruitful lives. Like, that's the, that's the end of it. That's the whole thing. God wants us to be fruitful in everything we do. He wants our work to be successful. He wants our lives to, to be successful. When I say successful, I don't mean make a ton of money. I just mean accomplish <clears throat> what God's created you to do in, in, in a way that glorifies him. That's, that's what I mean by successful. He wants us to live these fruitful lives. In Proverbs 10.4, it says, again, it shows the disparity here. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest 
is a son who brings shame. So what is he speaking of? Opportunities. This is a farming society. Every summer, they had opportunities to harvest. And some sons went and harvested, and others stayed home. And so what does this mean? It means take advantage of your opportunities. Like, take advantage of the things that God gives you harvest time. You know, there are seasons of our lives, there are going to be seasons where we're working hard, and then there's going to be seasons of rest. And those are good things. But in our seasons where we are working hard, where we are building something, where we are moving, like, be in it. Right? That is a harvest time in your life. And when God is moving in the lives of others, when God is moving in your neighbors and your family and your friends, like that's a spiritual harvest time where you need to be present to them. Right? So be there. Be present. Take the opportunities. And another thing that this speaks to is don't be afraid to build the skills that God's given you, to invest in yourself to invest in what God's given you. Like, like, I believe in practical education. Like, if you need to pay to go get skills to do what you're doing better, do it. Because if God's given you something to do, it might get more and more specific. And, and the better that you can do it, like, the, like it, uh, the, more, um, the, the more helpful you can be. It says this in Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. It says, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Saying that if we grow in skills, if we invest in ourselves, like God's going to use that. God's going to use that in powerful ways. Also, this idea of standing before kings, like if you've ever like stood before like someone with a lot of authority, there's some nerves there. It's not like an easy thing. Um, and and what we do in those moments really, really matters. We need skillful people. We need skillful people. I, I just uh, heard a story about um, in 1881, there's a president, Garfield, who was shot in a train station. And the thing is, he should have survived. But he had a doctor who didn't believe in germs. And so the first thing he did after he got shot is the doctor put his finger in the wound. And this, this, this president suffered 11 weeks of infection. Like the, 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 the wound wasn't even lethal, but it was the fact that he had unskilled doctors. And of course at that time, germs were, some doctors believed in germs, some didn't. Could you imagine that, by the way? It's really hard to imagine. I'm glad I live now. Uh, I'm really glad I live now where doctors believe in germs. But back then, they're just like, yeah, you know, they just, they don't even wash their hands, you know? So we want skillful people doing skillful things. We need skillful people to do skillful things. And again, if, if, uh, if you have a condition that limits your work, or if you've had a work dream shattered, God has not stopped working in you. God, God has more plans for you. God is going to work through that through whatever obstacle that you've experienced in your life. So we can rest knowing that God is still at work in us. And I just want to close with this thought this morning. Because really, work is a part of our lives. It's not the whole thing. And really, we don't work to earn anything. We don't work to earn God's favor. This is our ultimate here. Is that we fully find our meaning and purpose in Jesus 
and the work he's already done. Because the bottom line is, the reason why we're here today is because of the work of Christ. The work of Christ, his death and resurrection. He's, he's allowed us to have the grace to enter in to relationship with God. And I love what Paul says in Ephesians um, about grace and about the work of Christ in our lives. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. <clears throat> so this means we don't work to earn anything with God. Jesus has already done it. Jesus has already saved us, sealed us. We are his. On this platform of grace, then, as it says in verse 10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So then the work that we do is not to earn, but to discover. To discover what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be. Is our salvation dependent on it? Absolutely not. Because the work that we lean on is the work of Christ. But in his grace, he allows us to discover who we are and what he's called us to be. Who he's called us to serve. Whether that's in an office, uh, whether that's in a restaurant, uh, whether that is in ministry somewhere, God has called us. And it's all a gift. It's all a gift of grace. Work is a gift. Whatever God has given you is a gift. And the call of diligence is a call to steward that gift the best that you can. Let's pray. God, we thank you for using people like us to love and to reach and to serve others, God. Lord, sometimes it's hard to see work in a positive light. Or sometimes it's hard to see our physical condition in a positive light. But God, ultimately, all of this rests on the grace of God that, Lord, you're not calling us to work to earn anything, or you don't love us any, any more if we work hard, God. We're not earning anything. We just get to discover more and more of who you've called us to be. So I pray, God, that if there are questions today, if there are questions of, God, am I doing the things you want me to do? Or, God, my dreams have been shattered. What now? If people are in that place today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak. God, I pray that you would remind people of your grace through Jesus on the cross, that you pour out your grace and love on us, that we don't have to earn anything, that we actually just get received. Lord, I also pray for a spirit of revelation. God, that if there is, if there is work that you're calling us to do that we can't see, would you speak this week? Would you speak today? Would you speak right now? Lord, there is a hurting world that needs faithful Christians to step in, that needs faithful Christians to tell people about Jesus, that needs faithful Christians to just be a light in their workplace. And so, God, if there's a change that you're calling someone to today, I pray that you would make that evident. And for the rest of us, I pray that you would help us to, make, to, to live diligent lives, not just diligent lives because it's noble, but because we're working for the Lord. We're working for Christ. Lord, I pray that we would have hearts of worship this week as we, as we parent, as we go into an office, as we go into a restaurant, 
uh, as we as we work with our hands, whatever it might be, I pray that it would be worship, that our worship would happen in, during the week, that our worship would happen even as we as we go bless our community now with these veggies, that we would just be people that worship and bless. And for those that need rest, I pray for deep rest. I pray for the rest that can be so evasive. And if it means changing our lives in order to have a day to receive, I pray that you would help us to do that. Lord, if we've got burdens that feel too big, Lord, carry those burdens with us. Or, or help us to cast our cares on you because you care for us. We were not meant to, to lift it and carry it all alone. We were meant to walk shoulder to shoulder with you, shoulder to shoulder with our brothers and sisters. Lift us up today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, um, before we go out, and I would encourage you um, to grab veggies for you, for your family. Uh, before we do that, um, and leave some for the community, I would just ask that as well. Uh, but before we do that, let's stand.